everyone. Welcome to the second of our two-part series called How to Sell Yourself. Today, let's get into part two, your pitch, which will hopefully provide some constructive tips on how to structure a quick and effective 30-second selling statement to your audience. As usual, some key points we hope that you will walk away with include learning the basic structure of a pitch and applying it to different medical and non-medical settings. So let's do it. Previously, on part one of our How to Sell Yourself two-part series, we talked about building a network. We hope this episode helped you better define what professional networking is and what it looks like in a medical setting, cleared up some assumptions associated with incorporating networking into medical school, and finally gave you some tips on how to structure and build your network. Now, in part two, we hope to first go over the basic structure of a pitch, how to use it, when to use it. Then, we've divided the next parts of the episode into two sections, pitching to a medical and a non-medical listener, and the nuances you'll see in both. So now when we say the word pitch, I think most of us immediately think of something like Shark Tank, where people have to sell their idea in a short amount of time to investors. But how could this possibly apply to me as a medical student? That's definitely valid. As we all know, the pitch is a way to convey who you are and what you do to your listener in a very brief and effective way. And it usually consists of an opening or a hook that should be enthusiastic and captivating, yet specific to what your background is. Briefly, what's your title, your role, what's the problem you're focused on, and why is this an important problem? Then you have the body, where you're reeling the listener in with how you are uniquely positioned to address this problem. Where is your passion here? What are you focused on? And why is your approach tackling the problem? And finally, you have the conclusion or closing, which is your call to action. This is your chance to explain to the listener what your next steps are and ask them for their opinion, advice, endorsement, resources, connections, or whatever it is you're asking. And the pitch can be verbal or written. Verbal pitches can even be seen in casual conversation, such as when you talk to a fellow student about your interests with the hopes of joining their board soon, even in a cold email that you send out. Consider the message you are sending because this email is essentially your written pitch that the receiver will read and quickly dismiss or respond to accordingly. Okay, so then broadly, the pitch is who you are, why you are unique, and what are the next steps. So let's talk about when we can really use this. The best way to use a pitch is when the other person doesn't know you. These are the times when those first 30 seconds are vital to make a good impression. As medical students, we're going to be put in a range of situations where it could be important to have such a pitch. While you can pitch yourself in an intimidating Shark Tank type setting to get a grant, you can also inadvertently pitch yourself in less intimidating ways every day to get club positions, talk to mentors about research opportunities, chat with attendings on the wards, and definitely for a spot in residency. So we've broken down the rest of the episode into two parts to explain how to pitch yourself in medical and non-medical settings. There are fundamental differences between the two settings in terms of the types of scenarios, what to focus on and emphasize in each setting, and what unique qualities about yourself to bring up. So, the moment we've all been waiting for, how to build the perfect 30-second pitch. Part 1. Pitching to a medical mentor or colleague. You might find yourself at a research conference where you have a really short amount of time to make an impression on a doctor who you look up to or a researcher who you want to get to know. These few minutes you get shaking their hand and then introducing yourself will set the stage for what's to come. 
Both you and this person are in the medical field and have a mutual understanding of what that means. And this is actually key because now those few minutes you have introducing yourself don't need to be spent on explaining your current schooling or academic background because you both know that as medical students, it's common to be involved in research volunteering or a mix of the two. So in this situation, we as simply medical students are sort of like a commodity in medicine. There are probably some 20,000 students who go through the same curriculum, similar clinic volunteer opportunities, and similar research experiences and come out with a medical degree. So in this setting, we need to learn how to differentiate ourselves from others, make ourselves particularly skilled or passionate in a subject that breaks the commodification. And obviously, we get that this is hard. It's easy to feel like you're just another average medical student going through the motions, but remember that you're not. What we can try to highlight here are what we call the extras. These are your personal passions, your experiences, and your interests that are setting you up to do more than just quote-unquote helping people, sometimes even your extracurriculars and your hobbies. A lot of medical students may do clinical research, but maybe your background in public health allows you to build large data sets and understand trends and outcomes better than the rest. In the same way, almost everyone does some sort of volunteering, but maybe your special connection to your neighboring community or passion for equity and social justice differentiates you from the average medical student. These are the type of sentiments to convey in your pitch to a medical colleague, the extras that don't make you the average medical student. So like we said in our intro episode, we're here to go on this journey together. So that being said, we tried to take a crack at creating our own short pitches to a medical colleague. So bear with us. All right, Aisha, set the scene. All right, so... Swathi, you are attending a research conference. Honestly, in this day, it's probably a virtual conference, but let's pretend. You are presenting your research from your first year summer, and you see that one of the moderators of the conference is an MD-MPH conducting health outcomes and social determinants of health research. What are you thinking? Lol. So honestly, I could totally see the situation playing out in real life, but I would definitely want to learn more about their career path. So assuming this is a virtual conference and I can't talk to them in person, I probably want to send them an email. And here's how it could go. Dear so-and-so, hope this finds you well. My name is Swathi Raman, and I'm a rising second-year medical student at Temple University interested in health services research. For my short time getting to know the West and North Philadelphia communities, I have been passionate about chronic disease prevention and management and addressing the social determinants of health. Specifically, I am interested in applying the statistical skills I learned during my MPH to better understand the risk factors and outcomes for chronic disease. I really enjoyed your session during the conference and would love the opportunity to schedule a brief 20-minute Zoom call with you to discuss your career path and potential opportunities further. Thanks so much. And cut. Aisha, what'd you think? Honestly, I'd hire you. But seriously, this little bit gave me everything that I need to know about you in an academic setting. First, you are a medical student and MPH degree holder who enjoys giving time to volunteer for her communities and is looking for a way to get involved in research involving statistics. And you already showed initial interest through a previous conference that I taught at. So it really does address all the main points and so briefly as well. And the only ask from me is a simple 20 minute discussion from my own house. So great job, Swathi. Thanks. Knowing the value of an effective intro, body, and closing to a pitch can help you better structure all your professional communication, but especially in a medical setting, make sure to spend some time thinking about your own values and what you bring to the usual path of medical education. Part two, pitching to a non-medical stakeholder, including casually talking to a friend or family member. 
It's definitely very useful to pitch yourself to someone in the medical field who understands your background, your role as a medical student. However, this sort of changes when you find yourself speaking with a non-medical stakeholder. Yeah, this could include anyone from leaders of a local school district, professionals in the pharmaceutical or tech industries, or even friends or family members you're talking to casually. As different as these situations sound, they all share one thing in common. The listener's most likely impression of who you are as a medical student is probably someone who's stuck in the books, studying their butt off to become a clinician, and one day can even take care of them. I mean, we all have those family members who say that you will take care of them one day and start coming to you from day one of medical school with some sort of a medical problem. And you know what it feels like to just be there and be like, I just started anatomy two days ago. I don't even know the difference between an artery and a nerve. (laughs) What makes the situation unique and what we should focus on here is still to differentiate yourself. But you also want the listener to feel that they will benefit from getting to know you who they just see as a student. It's a two-way street which means we must include what will benefit the receiver. While you are selling yourself, you need to show them how you will in fact be an asset. And the best advice here is to research the hospital, the organization, the person, find their values and see how you align best with them. So an anecdote that I wanna share is that I recently got involved in pageantry and in my medical school world, being a pageant title holder is extremely unique to me. But in my pageantry world, being a medical student is unique to me, or my extra, as we say. So here, I'll set the scene for Aisha to deliver her pitch. Ready, Aisha? Oh, God. (laughs) All right, Aisha, you just arrived at the 2020 International Miss India competition, which is taking place in person, hopefully. And you have to do a 30-second pitch in front of the judges and audience. What do you say? All right, here goes. Good evening, everyone. My name is Aishwarya Gulani, and I'm from the Sunshine State of Florida. A Wharton grad and a current medical student in Orlando, the city where dreams really do come true. Now, as an Indian, being a doctor was definitely not the wildest career choice, right? But being Indian has shaped so much of who I am today because of how the dance form, Bharatanatyam, became a form of expression for me. Ever since I learned I have been performing and teaching it wherever I go, and I hope to open a clinic in the future that incorporates the healing power of such performing arts that truly encompass a healthy lifestyle. And as Walt Disney once said, the way to get started is to quit talking and start doing. So that's why I'm here today. Thank you. (laughs) What did you think, Swathi? No, that's honestly like exactly what we're going for here because Not only did you not bore me with the details of what it means to be a medical student, but you showed me that even though you're a medical student and even though you have that passion, you have more to you than just that. You're not just a typical med student. You say how you're um, really into dance, you're really into Bharatanatyam, that's your form of expression, um, and you're into creating a unique, comprehensive, healthy lifestyle for people. So I think as someone who's not in the medical field, hearing you talk about this doesn't bore me, but it does captivate me. And I am interested in learning more about how a medical student got involved in the pageantry world. So yay. I'm so flattered, Swathi. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) So now that we've gone over how to network and how to build a pitch, we want to encourage all of you to keep these two concepts in mind as you move forward. Because with a strong network and a pitch, you can take on any situation confidently. To close out this two-part episode series on how to sell yourself, Aisha and I wanted to read you this anecdote written by Dr. Michelle Mudge Riley, 
founder of Physicians Helping Physicians. She says, The hardest part for most of the doctors I work with is getting started. It's hard to make the time and feel the energy it takes to feel your creative juices flowing, and it's hard to know what to say. We all have lots of stories. Things that have happened to us, times when we felt like a failure, times when what we did resulted in success despite all odds. But then that little seed of doubt creeps in and we wonder, is this story even going to be interesting to someone else? Or does it just make me look like a jerk? Get past that. Laugh about it. Shake your head and realize, it might, and then write it down anyway. You just need to get started. You can revise it later and change it all together when you do remember that brilliant story with the right blend of humor, humility, and substance. Or maybe you'll just shrug and remember that you'll never have the perfect antidote. We are all human, and that is the reason we connect to stories in the first place. Wow, that really was a longer anecdote, but I think it'll definitely <laughs> be lingering with us a little bit longer this time, too. <laughs> Thank you guys all for listening to both parts of our episode, and see you all next time. Bye.